Warning, Serious Business is a podcast about Homestuck. Workers of the world, rise up. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Hello, and welcome to Serious Business, a podcast. It's been a while since we recorded. My name is Sam. My pronouns are he, him. But of course, you must refer to me as my wizard name, which is Orlozax the Cautious. I am Illithir, the nichely obsessed, and I, I just want to talk about the differences between uh, the Frankenstein musical and the Frankenstein play, and the way they specifically handled the character. Anyways, but uh, my pronouns are they, them, though you may refer to me by my mortal name, Samariel. Hello, I'm excited to be here. I'm Bastion, my pronouns are he, they, and you may refer to me as Zook Razumatez the Senior. It's pretty good. I love it. Yeah. Hello, guys. It's hey. been so long. It's been so long. Been. Except, of I course, I get to see you at, every day at work this month, and it's, it's real true. nice, my dude. Me, me, and Sam get to see each other, and it's very nice. Uh, but like, we don't get to like spend a lot of time hanging out and chatting because we both got jobs to we do. Jobs. We're professionals. I miss you guys. It's been yeah. Either way, I haven't seen Bastion in forever, and I miss you. The last time I saw Bastion, I had to go into quarantine for four days, and so I'm, I'm kind of nervous to go see Bastion again. Yeah, that did happen, didn't it? The price we play, we pay to play D and D. Yeah, and then your dad prayed for a Sam with COVID the Sunday after that, and I was like, oh damn. Some good niche church content right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of niche church talk content. Homestuck, you could make a religion out of this. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. I would be very afraid of a Homestuck religion. Oh, no. The frog temple implies frog worship, does it not? Well, and the, the frog contraband also implies something's bad with frogs from a Dursite perspective. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that's relevant because they talk about a frog as contraband in this section. Uh, this sure. section, which contains pages uh, 1777 through 1864 of Homestuck, which is, um, I think, our third to last chunk of Act Four. We're getting to the end of Act Four, guys. Ooh, wow. Okay. We got some. We got some good stuff. This section. Um, high atop the list, of course, is complacency of the learned. Uh, <laughs> we get uh, some alchemy, and we get some exiles uh yeah do we got any first impressions um there's a lot that kind of happens in this section pretty quick i'm very glad that we're doing this because here's the thing i think i got the general idea of everything that happened in the flash animation but it went by very fast and i have like dead work brain so like i i think i got everything but i'm sure there's stuff i missed and so i'm i'm glad that I have my cool friends here to help me figure things out. The alchemy binges were a delight as always. And um, I love Rose so much. And I'm so glad that she got to fucking update her shit. Seeing her with her cool cool new costume. Oh yeah. With her badass knitting needles. I was like, hell yes. Goths at their most powerful. I love to see it. This is- so I'm sure this is not her most powerful. I'm sure we will see so much more, but it was very awesome to see Rose just to be fantastic. Yeah. I love I love a goth girl. I hesitate to call her a hot goth girl because she is 13, and uh, that feels weird to say. But we love a goth girl. Oh, we get we get a whole bunch of, like, just because Dave's doing alchemy, we get a bunch of Sweet Bro and Hello Jeff stuff around, which, like, it's, yes. it's just nice. I don't know. The kids' alchemy binges always kind of serve to be like a, hey, remember that weird stuff that we were inventorying at the beginning? Here's some of it. We're not going to do anything with any of this, but, like, it's fun to see call. It's We, we love a callback, right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm sure some of it will be relevant in its own various ways. Like the magnetic wadka. <laughs> the relevant. magnetic wadka was... A hell of a thing. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah? I have just realized what the alchemy binges truly could be. The alchemy binges are the uh, potential magic items for a uh, Homestuck campaign. Yes. Hell yes. 
Absolutely, yes. Be very fun. Anyway, though, uh, we start off with uh, the authority regulator popping a hot one. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Yeah, you nailed it. Popping that a hot one. That probably means something else. As, as the, with the, the hashtag as the <laughs> popping the hot one with the girlies. <laughs> oh, that now that is trailer fodder. Holy <laughs> hell! Yeah, no, yep. <laughs> so AR pops on one with the girlies in space. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I forgot what the actual line was in case that wasn't clear. He pops a wheelie. Although, can can one pop a wheelie on a board that has no wheels? Mm. Frankly. I don't know. Anyway, the authority regulator fails to resist the urge to ride bro's rocket board around the veil. This kind of serves as like a end cap to like where we left off. Because if you remember a long time ago when we left off, John was in that mysterious lab in the veil. And with all the stuff that had traveled there and bro's rocket board and the authority regulator were some of those things. So this kind of serves as like a John's not going to run into this guy around. So don't really worry about that. But also, I think kind of Bro's Rocket Board is like high level equipment that mm-hmm. is maybe beyond the grasp of our players for the next bit. I know John has a rocket pack, but like the rocket skateboard is different. Mm-hmm. John's still got to look like a dweeb with a backpack, even if it oh, is yeah. a rocket yeah. backpack. Um, we also have another arm on this page. Um, the The second page of AR is like zoomed out and AR is like upside down reaching up and he's like high-fiving the arm that's there um and it's just a very good like yeah ar sees this arm and he's not gonna leave it hanging there's a random arm floating in space but but still yeah so then we uh transition back to uh prospect where we've got the uh pm uh, having left the audience with the queen, with the queen's ring, heading down to the battlefield on Skya, when PM is uh, pickpocketed by our good friend uh, Club's Deuce, or... Uh, courtyard Droll. Courtyard Droll, of course, who takes the ring. Uh, Dream Jade shows up and uh, takes it back. Um, and we get a big uh, lead up to Jade putting on the ring, and it does nothing. The rings don't work on humans. We do get to see her like sort of interpretation of what she might have looked like if it did, but she just she's just still her. What's really cool in this sequence is it's like it's not like a fully it is kind of a different art style that's like more dynamic and more dramatic. And you really get to see Jade absolutely kick ass. Because apparently not only is she very good with fucking guns, she also has really good hand-to-hand combat. And it's uh it's just it's very cool to see. Like the art is good, the it's it's just cool. And of of course, because everything Dream Jade is doing, her robot is mirroring, we also get a panel of Jade's robot beating up the stuffed corpse of her grandfather. And a dead grandpa smackdown. Love to see it. For extra comedic effect. Um, what else? Oh, the courtyard droll also is like the most fancifully dressed in like the jester garb. Mm-hmm. His hat is like twice the height of his body. Um, and and even though he's told, hey, you don't have to wear that anymore, he's like, no, I'm more comfortable in this. My man CD loves a good hat. Or a bad hat. That man will put anything on his head. He can put a lot of bombs under that a hat that tall. It's true. Uh, so from there, we go into our uh, flash animation for this section. Uh, page 1801. Uh, WV, rise up. Um, this is a, a flash which takes place inside the game in the present. And it's our first kind of exploration of the battlefield as a concept right 
Yeah. Uh, before, though, I just want to mention one quick thing, um, which is that the WV in question is uh, a war-weary villain, V-I-L-L-E-N, uh, which is not the same as villain. Um, villain is uh, actually a term from sort of the medieval uh, hierarchy, uh, sort of on an equivalent level to a serf. It's someone who is bound to either a lord or to uh, uh, the land, occupies a place in between a, a slave and a free man which I did not know that that was not just a misspelling of villain uh, until I looked it up for this episode. So, the more Hell you know. Yeah. Way to keep us uh, educated and learned on this here podcast, Bastion. You know, try not to engender too much complacency. There it is. <laughs> uh, nice. So this flash, the song is Sky and Skirmish, which is on Homestuck Volume 5, was... Uh, done by andrew huo and toby fox um it's a very good it's a good song it's full of energy it's got that video game we feel uh but we we start off with kind of like a review of the evolution of the battlefield so um the uh screen is set up with our initial black like nine square chessboard only populated by the two kings in a stalemate and then we see uh a representation of John entering the medium and his kernel sprite getting prototyped and at which point the pieces take on a jester garb and uh, the board expands to a full chessboard of, with the 64 squares. Uh, then of course we see Rose and her princess cat enter the battlefield and that uh, board expands to a cube. Uh, and then when uh, the impaled bird kernel is with Dave's entry, that uh, cube expands to a full planet-sized battlefield. And uh, we can see it's populated. There's, like, areas of lakes and grass. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a big war. It's, it's, a, it's a battlefield on which there are war. Um, so we see our, our two sides, Prospit and Durst, kind of marching along we see um they've got like spaceships and flying battleships and it's kind of star wars more than chess but like they're duking it out and we also get to see some like of the monstrosities that the kingdoms created in the veil there's like a giant hulking kind of like rook figure that's around um and then like a giant night chest beast lands and and stomps and uh yeah this, of course, is all prelude because then we see a lovely farm with a can-shaped like farmhouse and lovely, lovely place. Um, and then the war burns this farm. And the, the villain who lives here uh, knows that, of course, the king is to blame for the wars which have destroyed his farm. Uh, and so this, this uh, WV character now hates kings. So full circle. That's a mystery solved. <laughs> the the war weary villain then uh, instigates a communist revolution, uh, unites the pawns from Prospit and Durse uh, against the corruption of the monarchy, uh, and uh, does a shockingly successful job of it. Like fully yeah. integrated military. Uh, mm-hmm like following that red flag towards freedom truly uh an inspiration to us all absolutely the people's hero wv um we also do get like our uh first glimpse of a king in this flash um Mm -hmm. the the black king is an imposing figure uh with a scepter and on his scepter it's it's like a black staff and then at the the tip there is a a ball and the ball is Skya. It is, it is like a, a new instance of Skya. Hussey in the commentary says like the black King is essentially the final boss of Spurp in a normal session. And so um, like if, if the King were to use the scepter 
uh, and smash a, a player with it, the player would then find themselves back out at the edge of Skaya and have to fly all the way back into the battlefield, which is a very interesting concept that never really gets explored in a comic. And I think it's a good use of the author's commentary to like bring it up, but also it's not really relevant. Get some shots of Jack in his new ascended form flying over the battlefield as WV kind of brings his army together. Um, and then we have PM's arrival on the battlefield. We see PM has arrived and she goes up to talk to the White King. And this is about when she realizes that the, the ring is gone. But she still talks to the White King and he seems to be pretty chill about the whole situation and <laughs> presumably and um is like fully prepared to give her the crown and 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 does um and then oh god i wish i could pause this video but it's already gone too far when when the king hands pm his scepter he shrinks down he's normally like giant um and he also loses his prototypings, so it seems like the yeah. scepter is a little akin to the queen's ring. Um, and he just becomes kind of like a beefy dude. Yeah. When PM receives the scepter, she does not become giant, so it seems like it only works on kings, unlike the uh, the rings, which uh, we've seen work on Jack. Mm. Um, and then this whole exchange is uh, seen by uh, an agent of Durst who looks like Hart's boxcars. Um, we will later find out that in this this instance of the character is named the Hegemonic Brute. I don't think We've that's seen a the Hegemonic bit. Brute before. Have he we? threw a safe. Oh at yeah, dad. he threw a safe he, at dad. He threw a safe at dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. HB is radioing someone about this exchange, and then WV's revolution is about to get to the king, only for uh, Jack to show up. Uh, Jack destroys the Black King's scepter, uh, rendering him normal-sized and losing his prototypings. Uh, and then uh, Jack beheads the Black King while WV and his men stand there and watch. Agent provocateur, an enemy of the true revolution. <laughs> and, uh, well, hegemonic brute, you said his name uh-huh. was? He fucking attacks PM and she loses the scepter and that's sort of where the the animation fades out and you see the the scepter has uh washed down a river and is just sort of sitting there waiting for someone to claim it. Yeah. And uh Jack puts on the Black King's crown and is staring down our hero, the war weary villain. Dun dun dun. This is really like I'm I'm trying to figure out what all this means exactly, and I'm sure I won't get any specific answers, but like we are specifically now seeing the characters we we've seen the characters from um Midnight Crew in their whole situation, and now they are here, and I mean we have seen them before, obviously, but like here they are specifically seemingly working together. As a, as a group to take down the royalty in various subterfugal ways. And so I, it's... Sam, do you remember how the, uh, how the, the intermission ended? Yeah, with the fucking Spade Slick talking to the Carcino Geneticist and being like, ah, oh, hey, you. So, like, we know they're NPCs in the game. Yeah. But, like, are they just predisposed to we are a team? And I, they're just, like, or is it, like, oh, we have our memories from our past life and we are a team and, we love, and we're going to fuck around with each other again in this life? Yeah. It, it, it's unclear exactly what the situation, or maybe this is something I'm overthinking and I don't need to think about, but it, it was just, like, because with Jack, it just sort of seemed like he was, like, fuck this, fuck you guys, fuck working with the king fuck all this shit i hate it i'm gonna burn this whole place down and i guess presumably they all sort of followed him and were like yeah fuck the royalty let's burn it down with the death of the black queen jack kind of became the highest ranking official on durse and uh now with the murder of the king he is kind of the de facto leader of the dursite troops right 
at least the ones not in open rebellion yeah if you think about like the uh dersite agents that is like the npcs that composed the midnight crew in the intermission even in the midnight crew like spade slick was the boss and everyone Mm -hmm. else like had their own stuff that they were doing but were still there like but it's it's the same dynamic right but with different instances of those same characters so they're just predestined to always fall into the similar structure in every iteration of the game yeah if if you think about it like uh, a simulation right like some things are hard-coded into the parameters at the beginning and some things like allow for variance right so like Mm -hmm. does jack hate the black queen in every session of the game from the spade slick snowman thing it seems like it but how those things play out is different in if in every session right like yeah i mean like it's either hard-coded in or there's like underlying things that are hard-coded in that make it likely mm-hmm. we don't like have a huge sample size yeah here to draw i guess from. for me it's it's the question of like the good place where like at the end of every iteration they're like fucking rebooted with memory wipes or some shit or if it's just i guess i guess my main question is are these the same people no in this universe or or, like yes and no okay fair enough so if i have my copy of let's say hades because that's what we've been playing (laughs) i have my copy of hades and bastion has his copy of hades um, not that I'm borrowing his copy yeah. right now. Yeah, this is weirder because we like... actually have the same copy of Hades. <laughs> yeah, we have different save files, though. Okay, so uh-huh. I have my save file, and Bastion has his save file. And the ways that we interact with our characters differently in those save files are going to produce different outcomes, right? Okay. And so, like, the Jack from the kids' session is not the same Jack as the Jack from the trolls' session, but their personalities are similar enough that certain dynamics are going to play out in similar ways. And they both started out as the same Jack. Yes. And then of course, because of like the kids prototypings, right? Like no one else is going to prototype the same thing as John or Rose, like, right? Like, cause Rose prototyping a wizard is very close. To, like that's a personality thing, right? Like, so presumably in the trolls, session of the game somebody prototyped fucking billiard balls and card games presumably you don't have to confirm or deny but like that's kind of the vibe uh, that's a, or is that hard-coded the, into the game that's the i mean we can see the card suits are there because yeah, they still in, have all the suits and stuff yeah, yeah the card suits are kind of maybe hard-coded into the game so i don't know the, that that's the the hard game like the 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 hard game versus video game being like yeah. cards and such yeah. is like predisposed to i mean i think i think it's also just like a, a nice kind of storytelling signifier to be able to keep the characters to tell the characters apart with a symbol right sure. like even with the trolls and the different zodiac right like it's just kind of confusing it I is guess. oh it yeah feels muddled. it is confusing um it, it, yeah we also haven't explored the trolls session a whole lot yet Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm nervous to say anything more about that. Um, totally fine. But yeah, I guess that was my main question: of, like, are that, these the same characters to... with their fucking memories wiped, or like, are these like a character's alternate universe version of it's, that same character? It's I, more it... akin to the second than the first. Okay. Um. Yeah, but also, where's the felt in the game? Like, like you know, if we've been seeing the midnight crew in the kids game or those those same characters right like where's where's the felt come from but no answers right now we'll tuck that away for later cool yeah so moving on from the flash um we go into a uh alchemy binge with rose uh we get some uh upgraded uh outfits some upgraded knitting needles uh some magmatic vodka uh anything anything i'm missing we get wizard yarn uh, we get alchemy with a live animal remember when we were like where's my casey pogo ride hussy well now we have um 
a Casey Flathulu plush. Is it alive? Yeah. I don't want to know. Well, we we did fully store Casey in a uh, capture card la- like a couple of rounds back. So like it is possible to put them in your inventory. No, when that happened, we were like, why haven't we been doing alchemy with them this whole time? And now there is a, there is alchemy with them. Go. And so I did want to mention that. Yeah. We also get wizard yarn, which I'm sure will come back and be something very important later, maybe, maybe not. Um, this is when we get Rose's dope ass, like, wizard fucking uh, witch goth dress, which is so very, very good and absolutely cosplay bait for me. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Very, it's yeah. very good. She makes that by combining her shirt with the velvet pillow and uh, some scarves. Um, we also get, of course, the hub top, which is Rose combining the hub, which is powering and providing internet to her computer with her computer. So that's pretty obvious. And then she later combines that with her hairband to make it hands-free, which, like, decent, uh, you know, quality of life upgrades. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to strap a nuclear reactor to their face? Hey, nuclear power is very safe. It's just that we didn't invest into the safe uh, versions of nuclear power in the 80s when nuclear power was hot. Um, and yeah, Fair enough. And, and really, uh, nuclear power know, is the, like kind of clean energy. The Sky, and we should be using Sky Corp uh, has never done anything to recklessly endanger large segments of the human population, and we should absolutely oh, trust not. their miniature nuclear reactors with uh, everything. Hey, Sky Corp knew when all the meteors were going to hit the Earth. If anything, they were helping humanity. Yeah, was Sky Net? What, what it was Sky because it's Sky Net. Yeah, they made a video game, and we're like, did they make yeah, the video game? Listen, I guess I don't know. I think it's certainly implied that they published the video implied. game. They got they're connected. They got the Spirogram connection. Yeah, they know something. They fucking know some shit. I don't know how they fucking interact with it. But they know about it somehow. Does that does? does yep, that's fuck, Homestuck. Just, <laughs> <sighs> the the implications of like ah, does this corporation know about a space chess game with these fucking like weird shit? Like what? What? How? How? How's Grandpa Harley in the game? He's dead and taxidermy. You know, know, like I don't know. So many questions. Sam, it's very fun to hear you verbalize the experience of reading Homestuck. Because you do <laughs> such a good job, I'm honored. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just poking at the things that confuse my tiny brain. Because yeah. uh, while it can hold a lot of useless information that maybe it doesn't need to, somehow this comic that feels like it is full of useless information cannot fit in there as well as like all of that useless information then turns out to be actually this is entirely relevant and i need to be paying attention to it it's a fun brain-breaking situation before we move on rose combines her knitting needles with uh the wizard to create needle wands which are they can knit or they can shoot you with magic and then she further upgrades the needle wands with the dark grimoire uh of the the deep one the thorns of Oglagoth. yeah and then and then she she shoots a whole bunch of monsters by her house with her magics fuck yeah she does it's a very it's a very like well designed page with like rose is in purple and then like surrounded by red energy the red energy is shooting off and everything else on the page is kind of like dark and even the monsters are like black and gray so Mm -hmm. it's very cool it's a great page it's a great sequence i love to see a goth bitch winning as again this outfit is cosplay bait for me specifically (laughs) (laughs) oh sam there's one specific troll i can't wait until you meet I mean, it's all oh, of them. God. It's all of them. But like, well, the trolls, the trolls all seem said, to be when relative. You said, when you said we love to see a goth bitch winning, there's like one specific moment 
now that I mean, now I'm the, thinking of, and it's very the, badass. The trolls' mm-hmm. outfits all seem to be relatively simple because it seems like they're all wearing like pants, a shirt with a single graphic on them, and then like horns. The horns seem to be the most complicated bit of design with them. Well, hey now, hey now, one of them was wearing 3D glasses, which I have. <laughs> I wore 3D glasses as sunglasses for a full year during college. This I'm is trying a true to be fact David Tennant's doctor looking ass. They weren't like paper 3D glasses. Oh. They were like hard plastic, red lens, blue lens. And the question I got asked the most was, doesn't that give you headaches? And I was like, no. Uh, they, then the fact was they did not give me headaches. I, I just rock and rolled. Anyways. Love to see uh-huh. goth bitches winning. Yes. And then Jade builds up Dave's house. Up to his and, first gate. And it was actually on this page that I think I had the realization of, um, in like episode zero, I was listing all of the things that I knew about Homestuck. Uh-huh. And one of the things I had said was that Dave lives in a house on stilts. Oh, yeah. And this is this is the reason why I, I thought that, I guess, because this is very much the background I remember seeing of just a house on stilts. It does look like a house on stilts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And then uh, yeah. Dave does an alchemy bench. Oh, we forgot to mention. There was a sweet bro and hella Jeff at reference at the beginning of Rose's alchemy bench. It was the shit, let's be Santa. And of course, this being Dave's alchemy bench now, you know we're going to get some sweet bro and hella Jeff. Oh, yeah. Some sweet, sweet bro and Hella Jeff references. I love them. I'm surprised that Dave even dared combining shit with the uh, horny puppets. Uh, that is much bolder than I ever would have been in his situation. <laughs> yeah, much but less turning yield... the erotic puppets into clothing. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to mm. put a horny puppet on my skin. That's just not... No. Even saying the sentence out loud makes me hate myself a little bit. Um, but it, in fairness to him, it does yield a very dope-looking tux that apparently is incredibly soft. And uh, you it's, know what? It's Fair. a nice red kind of version of the white tux he's had on. It's also, for a lot of the kids, like the clothing upgrades is kind of like cool, like aesthetic sort of a thing. Um, where like it's a, it's a signifier of growth. Yeah, um, and with Dave paying attention to what clothes he's wearing is going to be more important uh, because Dave is a time traveler, and so mm. if you pay attention to what clothes Dave is wearing, it will be more helpful in figuring out which iteration which or Dave how is. old this Dave is. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's going to be fun. What else does Dave make? Dave makes the uh, Snoop Dogg snow cone machete, um, combining a poster of Snoop Dogg and his air conditioner and a sword. And and it's got some Peanuts references. Because cause Snoopy. It's also got a nice faint watermark of Snoop Dogg just on the on the body of the sword. Um, I, I do feel like we need to mention that he combines the, the broken sword and the frog, the red frog artifact that makes the uh, scarlet ribitar. I don't know. It feels significant. He's not able to make it because it's too expensive and it requires an ingredient he doesn't have. But I don't know. Frog imagery. Yeah. Well, it's also worth noting that like that is stuff that Dave Sprite gave him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's that's him being like, so Dave Sprite up with his higher levels probably found this like a ruby crystal frog somewhere and was like yeah okay i'll take this you know like deep treasure the the next thing he makes is he combines uh a a dope sword with a sweet bro uh Uh, yes the sword and he i i love the idea where the fuck is dave keeping all this shit his hash map modus only has 10 (laughs) spots (laughs) what the fuck see Yo, hussy, what the fuck, dog? <laughs> make it make sense. The math isn't mathing. We we should honestly, guys, to for prep for this episode, we should have done the work and like counted up all the the points of all the letters this, this in the system scoring. and, oh, and God, figured no. out what cards they were in. Um, of course, all the swords are going into his strife deck and not into his capsule log, but. 
Yeah. But I, I love, I don't know how close to the surface of the narrative Dave is, but I love the idea of, the, the bullshit you can get away with in comics is very fun. And the idea of, like, the, the shitty comicness of the sweet bro sword by proxy makes Dave's own hands look like they're shitty MS Paint drawings. I don't know how real mm-hmm. that is in the narrative of the story, but I really want it to be. Just because I feel like that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Sword, of course, here is spelled S-O-R-D because it's a sweet bro and hella Jeff thing. And so, of course, it's going to be misspelled. Sword. Um, it's very good. Sword. It's so terrible. It's What's the fantastic. other? Dave also makes... Un- oh, the sword is free. Uh, mm-hmm. Also free is Unreal Air, a uh, incredibly uh, crunchy skateboard that flies straight up. It will be useful later for when you need to, like, yeah. fly up through gates, probably. Yeah, he makes mm-hmm. one, and it flies away, and then he makes another, and then just real quick fucking capture logs it. It's great. Uh, Dave makes a black suit from the Midnight Crew poster and puts that on, and then also tries to make a green suit from his felt poster, but um, he doesn't have the necessary green grist, uh, which Hussey in the commentary says is uranium. Um, <laughs> to make it and so Dave doesn't actually make this green felt tux Dave makes some smuppets encased in amber he makes uh, fetal Mr. T in a jar he makes the he doesn't actually make the Dave's brain in a jar because it costs too expensive but he does make the captureroid camera which um, takes pictures of things and then uh you get a capsule log card with them on it. Which is a very good and incredibly helpful invention. I can't wait to see it get used for entirely shenanigan purposes. I was going to say, what's more helpful is um, what Dave makes out of it, which is the uh, Spajafire. Spajafire? Spajafire. It's a sweet bro and hella Jeffifier. It costs negative a thousand units of grist. Um <laughs> with it dave takes a picture of anything and it immediately spits out a sweet bro and hella jeff comic about it hussy in the commentary says this is the only fictional item in the story that i actually covet (laughs) (laughs) well yeah because it it got to the end where it was like this should save you a lot of time specifically the five minutes it takes you to draw a comic and i'm like i bet it doesn't take fucking hussy five minutes to make this thing it bet it takes him that much more. R.I.P. My guy. And then we get a nice shot of Dave with all his loot, and then Dave gets down to business. But not serious business. I think it's pretty serious business. Extremely frivolous business. Welcome to Frivolous Business, the podcast about <laughs> sweet brown hella Jeff. <laughs> Look, uh. We're going to do an incredible, just incredibly in-depth deep dive, like getting inc- like high school English class, We're like do sentence by sentence, line read of every bit. Yes. The close read. comic. <laughs> yes. Guys, when I read Sweet Brown Hello, Jeff, I, I had a headache from you reading all of them. I genuinely had a headache. I genuinely did. I remember you did. telling me that. Yeah. And like... We don't have I think to, there so are reasons anyways. to talk about the themes of Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff in relation to Dave Strider as a character. I don't really want to talk about it that much, though. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's fair. It'll just be me and Bastion while you're on vacation. Speaking anyways. of characters being authors, uh, Dave finally gets down to business and creates Rose's journals. One is just a, a book entitled Meow. Uh, and uh, the other is called The Complacency of the Learned. Uh, he cracks open uh, meow, and it's just the letters of the word meow repeated in varying orders. Um, we know what this is. Uh, what and, is it, uh, Sam? Well, it's a genetic sequence. What for, Sam? I don't know for who. Apparently, it's very important, but... We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Something about your tone makes me very sus. Oh, no. I'm sure it won't be important. Uh, 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 I should anyways. safe, bro. 
Yeah, this shit's safer than a Flintstones. Uh, oh, what's that? <laughs> than a bottle of Flintstone vitamins. Man, I miss. Keep Flintstones turning, kid. Vitamins, all you're getting man. is clacks. Anyways, but then he cracks open complacency of the learned, and uh, holy shit! Hey Sam, you want to do a reading? Oh God! <laughs> I can. You don't certainly have to do the. You don't have to do the whole thing. Just read like. Yeah, the please first don't make bit. me do the whole thing. What do you? What's? What do you want me to read? Think, which? Which paragraph? Just the first paragraph, maybe. <sighs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> my god (laughs) listen i love rose so much this whole thing gives me an aneurysm oh yeah a headache on on the level of sweet brown hella jeff a little bit a little bit except this gives me like throwbacks to reading texts from like the 1600s and being like holy shit just end your goddamn sentence already anyways friglish bothered his beard as if unkinking a hitch in a long silk windsock a more pedestrian audience would parse the exhibit as nervous compulsion behavior to petition contempt among the reasonable he was, however, not surrounded by the reasonable, but the wise, a distinction in men that would forever be the difference in history's garland of treasured follies. As a matter of fact, his cadre of fellow wizards were all putting similar moves on their beards as well. The practice would evince thoughtfulness, sagacity even, if they didn't do it all the time. Standing in the line at the bank, shooing squirrels from bird feeders, few occasions were safe. It goes on. It, it goes on very long. I think I gathered the plot of it. It was just, it's very dense. It's fun, but it's dense. It does end with, we're going to need more wands. And then Rose has a note which says, wow, think of something better. Which like, yep. that is the notes I put in my writing all the time. So Absolutely relatable. same. <laughs> um, Figure it out in brackets. The plot here, as I understand it, is essentially... We have this group of wizards, and and Rose's collective noun for a group of wizards are called a complacency, which I absolutely love. So this complacency of wizards is is investigating a a mass murder that happened. Um, it's some sort of mass grave. Yeah, Bastion, do you want to go in on this one? I think you actually spent a a bit more time like trying to understand it. Yeah. And it's not so that it I didn't is... try to understand it. It's just that it's like, it's hard to, you have to read the sentence and then go, okay, what was that sentence saying? <laughs> right. Um, so like, uh, Wortman actually has a note here that's, I think, pretty good, which is that Hussey has not sacrificed verisimilitude here for plausibility. Like, this is very much a 13-year-old creative writing project. Uh, and it is extremely impenetrable and unfocused which like makes it doubly hard because like the writing is dense but also it doesn't stick to an idea for very long which Mm. as someone who did just rank a bunch of uh creative writing submissions for a contest uh for teens yeah this is this is pretty on par um it's on par with some of the better submissions but uh so yes what's happening is there are a group of wizards uh zazarpan friglish uh and a few others uh unnamed um and they are standing around uh considering what appears to be a mass grave um and uh they are just it seems beginning to understand that um what happened here was not what they thought had happened and that there is a magic at play here uh that is distressingly familiar to them uh it seems that a wizard uh they trained is responsible um and they're really concerned about it and they're not doing shit they're they're like "Mm, 
well, fucked up if true. Um, <laughs> we should look into this. Uh, I yeah, we were, I was talking to Sam earlier, and I said they're taking a very uh, CRC approach to this, where they're like, hmm, we're gonna put together a five-year study committee to look into this mass grave. Maybe some of the yeah, exactly. And we'll come back and then in then five with years. We'll present and, our findings, and uh, then we'll decide take ten if we years need to, to take vote another on said five findings. years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and then of course they released a report saying that the mass grave was a good thing. Okay. Okay. Back to Homestuck. Back to Homestuck. Well, one of the things I wanted to to say about this is we have now kind of seen creations from at least three of the kids because we've got Sweet Brown Hella Jeff mm-hmm. from Dave. We've got um like Jade's little cartoons that yeah. she does of her life and the stuff she does. And then we have, like, this piece of fiction from Rose. And they're all very evident about each kid's kind of style, which I think is super cool. I don't think we've gotten one from John Um, yet. I don't think we have. I think John has, like, coding projects it's been alluded yeah, to, about, but was, we haven't seen was... any of them. Um, I also think this is very indicative of a Rose in a way that her game walkthrough was not. Rose's game walkthrough was scrutable, and this is not. Um, and, and this is, is very much kind of like Rose writing for herself. Right. I also just like, as a concept, I really like complacency of the learned because oftentimes in fiction, like the wizards are the evil, powerful ones. And these wizards just sit around doing nothing. Well, yeah. Like wizards in fiction are either good or bad, like, or, or like frustratingly neutral. Like these wizards are just kind of incompetent like they're very good wizards but they're completely incompetent people well and and i i think right that's kind of the title like complacency of the learner it it speaks to when the people who know things don't do anything bad things happen right like that's that's the atrocity the double meaning of the word complacency there is is very very good and also uh we have some perhaps homestuck themes in this work as well Mm -hmm. um But yeah, just like having these like pieces of creation that these kids make gives us such a good like snapshot of who they are as people, what their interests are and how they're kind of as, you know, they're 13 year olds, how Mm -hmm. they're sort of figuring out ways to express themselves. I just think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There is a a sentence towards the end. uh, Daring to pitch his cherished pupils in with the foul melange of history's rogues. The heretofore abstract scourge that built up civilizations with ungodly magic and tore them down with joyful malice would prove an intellectual trespass to make his calcium-deficient bones quake. Which, most of that sentence is fluff, but uh, the idea of history's rogues being a scourge that built up civilizations with ungodly magic and tore them down with joyful malice uh, is is a little closer to Homestuck and to Spurb as a a, a creation which builds up societies and tears them down in equal measure uh, a, a little closer. Dave uh, goes upstairs and puts the spurb envelopes with his name on them inside Complacency of the Learned as a bookmark. Um, you know, what, it, what he was naturally compelled to do with them. Oh, and then he and then he sticks it on the toilet, which has been torn out of the floor and is now in the middle of his bedroom in case he needs to read anything while he's on the toilet. Perfectly reasonable. I do like to read wizard fan fiction while I am on the toilet. <laughs> and then he uh, he checks in on Rose, and she is uh, fucking burning her journals. Yeah. And uh, he at first he thinks she she's burning the. Um, complacency of the learned and she's like i'm not i'm burning uh this other book which we know is the meow 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 and uh she she tells him that like the dark ones have told her to do this that it's very important that she burn this book because it's the genetic sequence of something and yeah dave is sort of like half believes her but like also isn't sure and but yeah, so she fully burns it, and uh, there's a brief conversation where uh, he's like, oh, "I thought you hated wizards. What's up with that?" And she's like, "No, I like wizards," 
I just don't like my mom pretending to have an interest in my interests and then using them to berate me with it. And then uh, they sort of have a little conversation where he's like, what if your mom actually does dig wizards and you're just blowing things out of proportion like you always do? It's a bit of a weird sequence of like, well, maybe not weird, but like you definitely see Dave being a little um, immature kind of digging at Rose with, with that. I mean, but also Rose and mom could have been having really cool conversations about wizards this whole time. And Rose let her like passive aggressive, everything she does bronzing this vacuum is to get back at me, you know, like, Mm. which like, I mean, bronzing the vacuum was, was a, maybe a step too far, but yeah. Anyways, Rose also says of the dark ones to Dave, have you ever looked into the sky without your shades? Um, Dave says, no, what a ridiculous question. Uh, Rose says, maybe you should try it sometime. You're the prince of the moon. I'm sure they've been meaning to seek a royal audience. Dave just responds with like, dot, 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 dot. Just meaning pure silence, intentional pure silence. should point out, Dave is not the prince of the moon. He's the knight of the moon. Someone else is the prince of the moon, but we haven't met them yet and won't for a very long time. Can't wait to meet the prince of the moon. Anyways, Dave Sprite says that Rose never burned the book in his timeline. And that's and Rose is like, well, maybe it wasn't relevant in your timeline. And it is now. That's pretty much that conversation. That's Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, We do get a callback joke where Red Dave uh, is talking. uh, And he's like, are you talking to future me? And Rose is like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I'm out of the loop again. I'm doing some sort of spectacular fucking jackknife off the loop and getting a week in a nod from Barack Obama. He he says Obana. Obana. Sorry. So he does. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> is this a typo in Homestuck or is it Dave? Who knows? Yes. Why not both? Yeah. Uh, and then the, the draconian dignitary sneaks into Dave's room. Bum, bum, bum. Also known as Diamonds Droog. Have we seen this character yet? Oh, it's not the... Dr- that was a spoiler. Oh, well. A DD, Diamonds Droog, Draconian Dignitary. Not a spoiler. I've declared it. Continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty clear. It's like, oh, hey, it's that guy. We, we've seen all of the other yeah. guys. Bam. Uh, I feel like we've seen all the guys. Uh, we have now. I feel like yeah, we did this is the first guys. time we've seen D-D. Diamonds Droog here. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If we if we have yes. seen him before, I would imagine it was very briefly oh, in it, like it was briefly the sequence where Dad was in jail. We saw him uh, because he was wearing the cat ears on Prospect. Yes, of course, he was wearing the cat ears. How could we forget? Indeed. Indeed. Um, we have a nice Dave Dave Sprite conversation cat here. Podcast. Uh, which which starts off with Dave saying. So it was pretty funny how I made a copy of Rose's evil book right before she burned it and now doesn't know about it, right? Uh, and that conversation basically ends with D- Dave and Dave Sprite being like, yeah, okay, I'm going to actually go burn that book now. Yeah, they both sort of banter about like, huh, good thing it's totally safe. Our shit is the safest. Ha ha ha. Okay, but we really should go burn that book. But we get back down there and the book is gone. I was gonna say, this is also where we get the uh, Flintstones vitamins uh reference which like which is good guys i didn't realize how much i missed flintstones vitamins yeah also the grape ones were gross see i had off-brand flintstones vitamins that were like zoo animals and i 100 percent opened that shit and ate it like candy (laughs) 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 no child lock can stop me yeah and it's about as safe as uh, these books were. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's a, a, a Wortman note here uh, on this conversation that says, we've discussed Huzzy's technique of his hilariously obvious foreshadowing, but as far as I'm concerned, this is as bad slash awesome as it ever gets. Like, this is very directly like a lampshading of what's immediately about to happen. And, and readers know this because we've had the two panels of D.D. sneaking into Dave's room. Into like, room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's another level of irony because there's the dramatic irony 
of mm. we know but they don't yeah, know the but then there's something. the additional yeah. level of irony of they know that we know but think they don't know right layers baby layers irony and dave strider wow it's more likely i mean than you put you two dave striders in one room the irony was definitely just gonna go up yeah and now there's another dave except this one now there's dead. another dave strider in the room except it's this one is fucking dead. very dead yeah, so the the command is, uh, Dave, go back in time and stop the thief. And then it's like, well, looks like you already did. And then you see there's a dead fucking body lying on Dave's shit. And it's like, well, gross. And then our final command of this section is, Dave, throw yourself out the window. And the, the page says, you ditch the body before Jade sees it. That would probably freak her out. Which, again, is like, I mean, Dave is probably yeah. freaking out yeah. having to throw himself out the, out the <laughs> yeah. window. Yeah, if I fucking like, turned around in my bedroom and I found a corpse of myself that had been murdered, boy, howdy, would I be freaked out, even mm-hmm. if I was in weird video game bullshit land. Like, yeah. that's not like a a, a, a a dead body that's just going to despawn in a couple of seconds after I get my loot out of it. That is a full corpse that is bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i would say uh at that point you are not freaking out you are reasonably concerned (laughs) or in shock you know yeah both both are true yeah this i think is the point at which to explain time travel in homestuck so time travel in homestuck it's complicated but not that complicated so we've got the alpha timeline which is the timeline the story is focusing on why is that the timeline the story is focusing on we'll find out later but this is the timeline the story is focusing on we also have seen that we have offshoot timelines like dave sprite's timeline and sometimes the alpha timeline the outcomes within it are dependent on the offshoot timeline like with dave sprite that's pretty simple we also have doomed timelines which are timelines where Someone does something they're not supposed to according to the alpha timeline, and as a result, everyone in that timeline, even if you travel back to the alpha timeline, is going to die. We see this here, where Dave travels back in time to stop the killer, and that's not supposed to happen. Yep. And people say time travel's complicated. Generally, right, you've got like your version of time travel where... um, time traveling doesn't change anything and you've got like your version your back to the future time travel homestuck is very much not back to the future time travel but also it's not exactly the i guess prisoner of azkaban time travel right like we'll we'll get into this with dave much later but dave can time travel safely safely meaning what exactly without dying oh without dying all right fair so far, the two times we've seen Dave Dave time travel, he's died both times, kind of. I mean, he's got a 50% rate. You got Dave Sprite, and you got Window Dave. Of the three Daves that we have seen in this section, two of them are still alive. I mean, one of them is a bird. One but and like... a half. One and a half are still alive. <laughs> Dave's cool. Yeah. Dave's That's cool. That's pretty much all, all there is to say on the matter. For next time, we are going to read pages oh boy 1865 through 1933 that is uh it ends with one page past the flash animation i think that's a good way to say it the curtains close on act four and then they open again interesting hey guys i heard you missed john after we did a section with no john so i give you a section with Pretty much all John. All Johns all the time. I hope you were paying attention in the ectobiology tutorial. I hope so too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks for putting up with us between the long wait between last episode and this episode. We're back. Whee! Yeah. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, Happy whatever the day is that you are listening to this. Because you know what? Even the non-holidays can be... Happy Arbor Day. A good day. That one didn't even happen yet in the gap. I just was prepping for it. Happy birthday if it's your birthday. 
Anyways. Yeah, we... that's a podcast. Everybody, you can follow us on social media. We're on Tumblr at Serious Business Pod. We're on Twitter at Serious Bus Pod. You can find Sam on TikTok at uh, Ghost in the Bathroom. Leave the message Catboy approved. Yeah. Uh, you can rate us on your podcaster of choice. Leave us a review with your favorite copy pasta. Have uh, we gotten any copy pasta reviews? I don't know. You're the Not one yet. who runs all that stuff. So. I never look at that. I yeah, don't you're the read one who has reviews. the like the views on the specs. We don't get reviews on Spotify. Let me check Apple Podcasts. Um, how do I see reviews? Oh, mm, I don't know how to Doesn't tell if look, we have any reviews, but I, I don't, don't think, think we there do. Are any I'm disappointed in you, our listener base, for not leaving us a review. We don't ask you to do anything other than this, and you haven't done it. So, come on, guys. <laughs> That's not true. Someone did send us a message on Tumblr once. Yeah, we got some Tumblr messages. That was fun. That was nice. That's true. Yeah. Also, we'll say like looking on our looking on our like history for like what podcast episodes are doing well. It is very interesting that like in mid December our first few episodes like spiked and I don't know why, but like shout out to you if you are listening to like episode 3 of our podcast in mid December. Shrug. We love you, random citizen. Uh shout out to uh the legend of Greg on Tumblr for uh giving us really the only lesser interaction we've ever had. Hell yeah, Greg. Thanks, Greg. This has been Orlazak's The <laughs> Cautious. Yeah, can you remember your oh, wizard name? Oh, don't make me remember Zoop what my bullshit wizard name was. Senior. Fuck. I believe I was Illithir the Nichely Informed. Yeah. Listener, hit next. <laughs>